So hello everyone and welcome to this bonus episode of the Top Order Podcast. Tonight we're joined by Black Caps and Canterbury Seamer and the third best ODI bowler in the world, Matt Henry. Welcome to the show. Very much guys, pleasure to be here. So there's, there's plenty of exciting things in the part, recent past and, and coming up that we're keen to chat about, but I mean, let's start with those ICC rankings that w- were announced this week. Black Caps number one ODI team, Trent the number one bowler, you're slotting in, in behind in third. I mean, firstly, congrats, that's that's awesome for the Black Caps, but are those rankings something that you guys, I guess individually and, and as a team, even really pay any attention to? Oh, I suppose you'd be sick of this answer, but you know, to be fair, they, it literally is a bit of a byproduct of kind of the, just the work you put in. I don't think it's really um, the goal, um, but I think obviously for someone like Trent and Kane to get those accolades of being the best in the world in their craft, I'm sure it's a it's a pretty proud moment. I'm sure, like I know for myself, like to kind of be recognised in the top three, and um, when you're in that top ten for a long period of time, it's kind of nice to, to see that. But it's definitely not something you really go out there to achieve because I think you're kind of more trying to just win games for your country and do the best you possibly can and then obviously the other stuff kind of comes along with it. And Even so though, first in ODIs, second in tests, third in T20s, I mean it feels like the Black Caps have just gone from strength to strength strength over the last kind of four, five, six years. Like everyone sort of expects you guys to win at home now, really competitive overseas, the depth of the squad looks better than ever. I mean, I know you're still under under thirty, but like you've been around the international and domestic scene a while. Like, are there things that you've sort of seen and like that you can pinpoint about where we've improved? Um, yeah, I've, I've been very lucky. I think I came in um, on that 2013 14 season, so that was when I made my debut, and even since then was kind of um, it was just a really good environment to be a part of, and I think there was always that consistency like you talked of we've had a, a core group of players right through there as well and I, I just think like, like you said those rankings that comes over a, a sustained period of, of doing well for, for a long time you know what I mean and then and then you start reaching those milestones obviously being best in the top of those ICC rankings but yeah I think it's just probably the consistency across all forms um, mm. I think you have to win a lot of cricket to to get to where we are now but that's happened over a long period of time and our coaching staff I mean like managers every, everything that kind of goes into creating our culture and, and our, our leaders and stuff like that I suppose in the group um, really kind of pride ourselves on like kind of a learning environment um, I think everyone kind of the way that everyone operates at training and, and putting that that team first ethos that we always talk about is actually just about growing and become better players so when young guys actually come in I think they feel quite comfortable and, and confident just to actually go out there and, and, and play their, their their brand of cricket to try to win games instead of trying to prove yourself and, and that creates different pressures. So I think that, that environment that guys have created when I first got into that environment and it's kind of continued right through has probably been a, a, a good way while we've probably had success for such a long period of time and obviously having good stocks and and, and, and all those areas too helps. And did it change much when Steady took over? No, Steady was, um, oh, he was, he was unbelievable. Eh? That transition wouldn't have been easy for any coach a year before a World Cup mm. um, to come in and, and I suppose do what he did and just kind of assess the environment he was he was coming into and, and just working with Kane to create um, what they have, what they've created now. Because I think any team that you go into, that, that coach-captain relationship is so important because I suppose that's what filters down and then through that leadership, everyone's got to be on the same page. So... The ability for him, uh, Steady, to come in with um, 
no ego whatsoever just come in and and just and kind of do what he's always done um you gotta gotta take your hat off He's, he's been very impressive and you know black caps you guys have made the the last two world cup finals now we're into the world test championship i mean obviously you want to win every game in the world and in the in the black jumper but you know with the world test championship being a, a new thing like does it actually have any meaning to you guys yet as players I, I i think so i think if you talk to most people everyone um kind of sees test cricket as the pinnacle eh? and like everyone talks about that of where you want to be as a cricketer, you want to play test cricket. And the fact that it's kind of got some context around it now in terms of like a final, it's pretty special because a lot. obviously we've been lucky enough to be in the World Cup final the last two years. I've been lucky enough to play on both of them. And and to be able to, in that, in that um, one-day arena, to be able to play in a, like a, a final and a World Cup is, is something I'll always look back on pretty fondly. And obviously the results were a little bit uh, different, but that's, that's another thing. But I think in terms of test cricket, to be able to have that context and build towards something over two years, it's pretty special. And there'll be guys that more test specialists that probably haven't played in those ICC events that get to do that in their their format, which is which is pretty cool. And there's a lot of excitement around camp to to walk into like a, a world champ first time done as well. Obviously, um, there's probably things that they might want to change or adapt moving forward in the test championship. But I think as a start, um, I mean, it's awesome. Eh? I think it's pretty cool to be part of. Certainly seems like the fan interest in the World Te- Test Championship has grown as it's progressed over the last couple of years. It feels like it's added a lot to each Test Series, you know, broadened the interest of the regular fan to check out what's happening with other countries to see how their team's tracking and so forth. Matt, you might not really be able to answer this at this point, but do you think this World Test Championship and the final might take on more significance for teams like New Zealand who don't play necessarily long test series or marquee test series like the Border Gavaskar Trophy or the Ashes and things like that? What do you think it means for nations like New Zealand to be able to play in the final? Yeah, definitely. I, I think that's a good point, actually, because obviously you watch the Ashes and obviously the hype that goes with that and all, all, there's some real, um, I suppose, amazing games and, and times in history that you look back and you think of those amazing series, how cool that is. And I think that's, that's something that we've got an opportunity to have a World Test Champion final um, and we can all go in there and, and create some special history and I think that's probably the way you look at it it's, it's, it's pretty cool I mean if you're a grandpa's kid you want to play Test Cricket you want to do all these you want to play in a World Cup final and the fact that now there is some context around these series um, that we've had over over the last two years and you work to this point now where you actually do have a crack at the final and like you said they're, they're not always long series we've kind of a lot of ours are two and three match series not the the big five match series, but um, that's just the way way it is. There's not much we can control about that. As much as you'd love to sit there and have a five match series against Aussie or something like that, I think um, the fact that we can just have this final, um, I think everyone's pretty excited about that, that prospect. And at the start of the summer, we needed to win all our tests and hope a couple of other results went our way as well to make the final. Was that talked about as a group in terms of the goal setting at the start of the summer? Was making the final sort of on the goals on the whiteboard in the, in the planning room? Yeah, I think in general, when we obviously when we knew that this, this was all going to happen, it was always like, right, well, let's give ourselves the best chance to make that final. And it was always a belief that we could make it. Um, at the start of this season, this season, knowing we had to win every game um, just to be within a chance. We always knew there was going to be other things we're going to have to we'll all play their part because there's so much cricket going on around us as well. So it wasn't actually getting too far ahead of yourselves and thinking about that 
last game. Um, I think it probably is testament to probably the squad we've had and it sounds like a, the boring answer. We're just each game at a time, but it kind of is the way that we kind of approached it because I think every game of test cricket, you're trying to win, um, especially because we do play those short series. It's actually really important to get a result. Um, and and so I think every game we've played, we've had that intent and just keep learning and, and growing because every, every game we've had has been different conditions as well. Um, and that's the cool thing. So you just got to kind of take all those things in a stride. And then you get to that back end point. It's like, Wow, we've actually won every game here. We've given ourselves a best chance. Like, how good's this? And then you just had to sit back and wait and hope that a few things went our way. And, and thankfully, we um, yeah, we managed to do it. And for you individually, you've combined sort of Canterbury and Black Caps duties this summer. How are you still able to feel connected to and share in the success? You know, coming into and out of the squad as you've done this summer. Yeah, I've loved it to be honest. Um, just playing regular cricket's been been great. Um, I love playing for Canterbury, obviously being born and raised down here, I've real passion playing for Canterbury, so it's always good to actually be able to get out there and win titles, I think. I mean, you're not a professional cricketer for very long, and it's actually kind of, to go into a season knowing you're going to be a part of all forms, actually going out there, and, and that's kind of what, what drives you, is to actually win win the games, and to be able to come second in the 2020 and, and win both other comps, it was a pretty successful year, and then on top of that, just coming in and out of the environment with the Black Caps is is, um, is great. I think for the majority of my career, I've always been um, there thereabouts, but it's it's kind of just been the nature of the beast, um, having to kind of go to and fro when it comes into the summer. Um, so not much really changed. I think that probably the big one was just actually playing consistent cricket. Usually when you're running drinks, you're kind of missing those games with Canterbury, but this year was actually quite cool to have that opportunity to really... Um, yeah, just, um, I suppose, have that impact for Canterbury. But then we'd have the opportunity for New Zealand was was great because that's obviously where you want to be. And that, the last few years, that's kind of been my priority is, is being there, but as running drinks, just being involved in that squad and trying to stay there because that's probably the challenge is actually staying there and, and, and kind of tri- tr- proving your point, even though you're not playing as much domestic cricket. So it makes it quite tricky. But yeah, that was, it was a good summer. Yeah, look, um, the guys won't let me talk for too long about Canterbury. We talked to Fultz uh, a couple of weeks ago, but, I mean, awesome, awesome summer. And, and what a turnaround for Canterbury after a couple of seasons without a title. You you were with the boys for the last round of the Plunkett Shield, I think. Is that right? Is that when you guys yep. got the Shield? Yeah, no, it was the last game that we uh, we, we, we got the Shield, so that was cool. Um, obviously, having it locked in quite early was a, was a funny feeling, I think. Um, the last couple, we, oh, we did that last time. Actually, we went up for we had it locked in the bag, and then we went up there and, and got the collection of the the shield. But um, it was quite cool because we just wanted to go up there and win. We wanted to sign off the season with a with a victory. Unfortunately, it wasn't to be the case, but um, it was still a hard fought game and, and didn't take anything off um, getting that shield though. Did so? Who who give us uh, an insight into when you go back to that changing room and you get the shield? Who is there? Someone that spends that whole night just sitting next to that shield? There's always someone in, in every team. It was it was always me when I was whenever I've even been in any successful club team. Yeah, naturally, always the young guys. You kind of chuck the shield with them. Um, well, Daryl was just being a pest all night, so he kind of <laughs> kept on hovering towards it. Um, <laughs> But um, I, I remember we gave the responsibility, uh, young Fraser Sheep. We said, make sure you make sure this gets home and make sure it gets all right. Uh, so he was, uh, if anything's wrong with that, um, give, give Sheedy a call. <laughs> and, um, and so it goes back to his house? No, it, it was because uh, obviously we were flying home. Oh, yeah. 
um, the next day. So it was just making sure that it got back to the hotel in one piece, which thankfully is my roomie, so that was ideal. So we, we, we slept with the Plunkett's Shield that night, so that's <laughs> yeah. quite nice to have Plunky in there. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we just had to make sure that it got out of the box nice and safely the next morning, and there's no problem. Woke up, had a coffee, put the shield back in its beloved box, and uh, it just came home with us. Awesome. And, and have you managed to get much of a break in after the season? Yeah, it's been really good. Had a couple of weeks off um, just to freshen up a bit. Uh, which was great, but it was quite a quick turnaround um, getting prepped here. So you didn't want to take too much time away from getting uh, getting the ball in hand and whatnot. So uh, it was good to have that time off, excuse me, and um, just get in the gym and just work on a few, um, just getting strong again and, and just topping that, that that part of my my fitness up and making sure that you're doing everything right. And then it's been probably the last three weeks, uh, getting three or four weeks, getting the ball in hand and getting that juke, and, and, which has been cool, but... Yeah, it's just good to time that time away is pretty cool at the end of the season, actually, because otherwise you don't reflect on how the summer's gone and you kind of, you work so hard building and then you just actually got to sit back sometimes go, oh, that was actually quite cool and reset the goals, go again. And uh, it's, it's been a cool time to spend at home, mate. That's a great segue into the Duke ball. Have you done this before, Matt? Um, so there's been a lot of chat <laughs> about, <laughs> there's a lot of chat about the Duke's ball whenever you go to England. For those of us who have never bowled with one, what are the differences with it? And is it different to the point where you change the way you bowl or what you're looking at, what you're doing? Yeah, I mean, like any seamer, they'll put a wee grin on the face when you talk about the juke ball. Um, it's definitely swings. Like, I think that's the probably big difference is like the, um, it, it's just got a bit of a thicker seam, a uh, bit of lacquer on it, and, and, and it just seems to swing for a, a, a quite a long period of time. It's a, uh, it is a funny one though, because the, the the balance between bat and ball is still an even contest, like it is here in New Zealand. With like New Zealand, but with the, our conditions offering a little bit more of the surface, the kookaburra is a, a great, um, obviously fit. But then when you go to England, where it's a bit dry, a little bit slower, um, that jute ball obviously is, is quite important. And, and like you said, talking about other like, does it change the way you bowl? I think it, it can do. I remember the first time going to the UK, it definitely changed from the way I bowled and probably not in a good way I was trying to swing the ball and I, I got a little bit along the wicket and it actually took me to kind of figure that out myself to actually go righty oh well if I'm still doing what I can do with the kookaburra but just adapt that with the ball that does swing a little bit more and a little bit longer I'm going to be just as threatening so actually going back to the drawing board and actually carry on trying to swing the ball late instead of swinging it from the hand because I think that's probably the biggest thing is if you're swinging it from the hand obviously the batsman can really get a good read on leaving it and, and you're probably not as threatening where if you can kind of create that late movement and drawing people in, you're going to give yourself a better chance as well as actually like hitting the strings a bit more as well, using those, uh, we talk about a lot about like those three-quarter balls, which is just that wobble seam just to keep people guessing a little bit more. So a little bit more, um, I suppose, just can't just keep leaving the ball just in case that one does come back. So little things like that would probably, my big lessons going over there. But um, yeah, it's definitely a fun time bowling with that joke, especially here where we're at Lincoln when, New Zealand conditions with the joke are definitely yeah, a lot <laughs> sure. of fun. So you do talk about the past. You have had good success with the juke ball uh, in the UK, both for the Black Caps and, and for Derbyshire, I believe. How's it coming out at the moment for you personally? Yeah, it's going good. Um, it's been it's just been good to kind of get back into back into bowling. Lincoln's been awesome. We've got the marquee up. Um, which especially a morning session in there, nice and steamy, it kind of hoops around real nicely. And then you get outside and we've got nets out there too. So we're kind of getting the best of both worlds at the moment. So 
it is great, but being able to look back on those uh, past experiences, I've, I've been lucky enough to play for um, Kent, Worcester and Derby, but I, it was Kent and probably Worcester I played a lot of my um, Red Bull stuff with, um, and it's good to draw back on that, and obviously being playing at Lords and um, bits and pieces in my first Test Series over there back in 2015 as well, it's pretty cool to have those experience to go on. And, and obviously, uh, just moving to travel now, our thoughts go out to the uh, Indian Indian listeners having an awful time over there at the moment. Uh, have you have you had a chance to talk with the guys who are over in India at the moment? Yeah, I'll echo what you said, mate. That's um, yeah, it's, it's obviously pretty terrible times over there, right? Eh? So um, yeah, heart definitely goes out to all the Indian people and, and going over there. But um, yeah, a lot, lot of the guys obviously coming, a couple of them coming home. And a couple going over to England, so the rest going just straight to England because obviously the timing. Um, I'm sure um, our manager and other people, the logistical um, aspects, probably been keeping them up mm. but the last few nights. But um, yeah, look, it's, it's just like it'll be great to meet up with the guys once we get into England and and when Bolte and and CD get back over there um, later on in the piece, which will be cool. So yeah, it would have been quite daunting. Obviously, they went over there. Um, knowing there's probably the possibility of, of things happening, but the unpredictable nature of what COVID's been, I'm, I'm sure it, was a, it wasn't a nice time for anyone probably being over there and probably seeing what really was happening as well would have been pretty tough. So um, I'm sure pretty, people are pretty glad to, to be back home and, and heading over to England. And I think everyone's just more worried about India and making sure they're doing all right. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Is this going to be your first time in a in a cricketing bio bubble, Matt? Uh, since you know the first overseas tour for you since since COVID nineteen. Yeah, it'll be the first. Um, I suppose yeah, bubble that, that um, we'll be going into with all the COVID tests and whatnot. But um, I suppose getting prepped for it, 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 not much changes in terms of whipping in India and stuff like that. You're quite hotel stricken as well, and. Mm. I mean, a lot of the places you do tours, some of them are you're pretty restricted on what you can and can't do. So I think there's an element that you'll um, you'll be able to call on, and, and over those times you kind of get quite creative of how to pass the time and make the most of it. So um, we're quite lucky in that sense. But I think it definitely will have a heightened element um, going over there. Um, I think obviously talking to a lot of people that have been in those bubbles and the challenges you do face and. I think just those anxieties around what's actually going on and what can happen. Like it's not like you can just jump on a plane home like you, you previously could. And I think there's probably those um, elements of the bubble life that will probably be a little bit more challenging. And in the past, you go to places you can bring your partners and your family and, and whatnot over with you. But this mm. year is slightly different. Um, obviously, just going over there and being a little bit more strict. I'm I still yet to have my first COVID test, which is happening this week. So. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I've yeah. got all the stories about that. There, there's something to look forward to. Do you know yet the yeah. sort of format of your quarantine in the UK? Do you expect to be able to get out and, and train during your quarantine or are you going to be stuck in the hotel room for the whole time? And I guess a, a light-hearted question for you. Who are you hoping to avoid uh, sitting next to for that long-haul flight all dressed in your PPE suit? <laughs> Very good questions, yeah. Uh, <laughs> in terms of the... Um, uh, bubble life work that's what that meeting we've got after this is actually all about right. um, obviously with the, everything changing so much over there at the moment they've just left it quite last as late as they can to give us as much information that's going to be accurate for us so we'll find out soon but I mean we're all preparing to go over there and have um, a few days of just proper isolation of not leaving your, your hotel room and then from there we'll be into uh, uh, just a 
pretty much confined to our hotel and our team room. Um, I'm hoping there'll be chances to get out and play around a golf or two if we can get that past, uh, if we can be organised enough where we can make that safe and happy. Ideal. Um, because that'll be pretty and pretty good for the mental health, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think we'll find out more. Uh, I think everyone's pretty eager to see what's happening because obviously England's kind of getting more and more loose. But I don't think we'll. Um, I, th- I think we're pretty prepared to be more in, in, in that bubble. I, I can't see it being as, as relaxed as especially what we're used to here. Mm. In terms of heading over there, um, I think instead of worrying about people, it's actually just having that mask on for thirty odd hours. Eh? Yeah. I think I'm going to have to have a few backups just to keep switching them around. I think. Um, so I think I might do the old try time on the back of the head. Otherwise, I think my ears might feel like I'm going to fall off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that's the good thing, I suppose. You, you, you've got to socially distance, so no one can come too close to you. So you actually <laughs> kind of just, like, mate, you actually just stay off, man. <laughs> kind of just enjoy your own little space. So That is true. That is true. Hey, look, New Zealand handled both India and England pretty well the last time they met here in New Zealand. They're obviously going to be very different prospects, both England and India, uh, in English conditions. So how have you had to plan differently as a bowling unit and also as a team to combat sort of the England's and India's strengths and, and try and exploit any weaknesses you can find in those uh, different conditions? Yeah, no, definitely right. They're going to be two completely different um, teams with different strengths and weaknesses. So going over there, first of all, is obviously England, um, and they're so strong in their conditions and I think that's the that's always a challenge of, of going there as they know their grounds and the cool thing about England is that all their grounds kind of have their special little wee, wee uh, traits. Um, obviously, Lords with the slope and and that's so that's quite an exciting one. But what is probably good for us is that we've got so many guys that have all played over there. Um, a lot of guys have played whether it's county cricket, had their English experience, or whether or not toured there um, multiple times. So. I think that's probably a, a good thing from us. It won't be any massive surprises or unknowns when it comes to conditions. I think people know what to expect. Um, but in terms of their team, obviously they're in their county cricket at the moment, so they're getting some real good Red Bull cricket under the belt. Um, so I'm sure their guys will be um, rearing to go and in form. So it's going to be a great challenge, and I think that's the best thing about going to England. It's always great to play England and to, to start off at Lords, it doesn't get much better than that. So I think everyone will be pretty excited to get over there and try to get their hands in that first test. So I guess we are playing two two different teams quite close back to back. And the, the party line generally is to, you know, worry about what's coming first first. Have you guys mm-hmm. spoken about India at all up until this point? Yeah, well, it, it has been slightly mentioned, but we've obviously got another camp starting tomorrow. Um, so I'm sure they'll. Um, we've been told to bring the iPad, so we'll be um, sure we'll be diving into a lot of that, um, lot into the the tactical aspect of the game, and obviously now knowing the side that India will be heading over with um, is great. So we can now actually start um, getting a little bit more specific and and what our plans will be. Um, I think in general the way that cricket is, um, it's always moving. You're playing teams and you kind of get used to just each game as a time. You, you, you focus on that first one and then you adapt your plans from there. Because especially test cricket, um, you, you're pretty, you know what you're going to do. It's just exploiting their weaknesses and trying to be, um, just be better for longer. So that's probably the biggest change is just identifying that as the, as the tour goes on. Focus on England at first and then adjust what we need to for that second test. And then I think there's what four or five days or something like that before the India test, which will give us plenty of time to prep and, and change any plans we need to. You mentioned the iPad there. How much 
of, of that sort of planning and stuff goes into it. I mean, you hear of like soccer goalies, for example, they'll, they'll know pretty much every time whoever the penalty taker is, they'll know, oh, well, they go right, you know, 75% of the time. Do you know that like if you bowl a ball in the channel, Virat Kohli is going to try cover drive 83% of the time? Or, you know, is it, is it that uh, advanced? Yeah, well, with um, technology and obviously cr- cricket being such a, I suppose, a stat-driven game, isn't it? Everyone, um, everyone loves it. So we've got so much access to so much information. Um, so it's a really, it's actually up to you how much you actually want to take in. We've got our um, generic kind of scouting meetings. We were sitting as a unit, and we can we have a bit of an overall plan and have any discussions of topic that we actually want to talk about key players or anything we want to do technically as a group um, and we and we kind of go about that but when it comes to those one-on-one matchups it's more about actually nutting it out yourself because everyone's slightly different um, like you look at obviously I bowl different to Tim, Trent, Wags we all actually and Kyle and even like Colin everyone's different in the way they actually go to operate so it's kind of actually tailor making it to yourself and how you actually going to best execute to to um, to get those wickets so like especially in T20 cricket, definitely like like you said when you're saying, oh look, they look to try to do this. There's sometimes there trends that stand out there. Oh look, first ball he's going to play, looks to attack the first half of the over, so make sure you factor that in and, and whatnot. But when it comes to Test cricket, um, it's obviously more a game about patience and actually trying to um, create the indecision and and make the most out of if there is a technical aspect of their game that you can kind of make the most of. Actually trying to exploit that. So everyone does it differently, but you've just got so much information at your fingertips to actually probably ciphering out what you do and do not want to take because you can definitely overload yourself. And in terms of you personally, Matt, uh, what sort of personal goals or expectations have you set yourself for this upcoming tour? Oh, I think from, first of all, it's just actually you, you want to do your best, best foot forward and actually try to get on that, um, get into that starting 11. And, and then from there, just, like I just want to win games, eh? Like that's probably the big thing. Obviously, fingers crossed you have those personal success along the way. But um, first of all, is actually just getting into that squad and, and getting into that playing eleven, and then then winning. I think I'd love to have a, a, a win at Lords. Uh, <laughs> mm. Obviously, we uh, that first test we had that was uh, um, my test debut. I remember that we were it was a real ding dong battle of a game, eh? It was it was kind of ebbed and flowed. It was it was kind of we were on top and then they were on top and it kind of went to and fro and unfortunately we lost it at the end there. Um, Stokesy had a great hundred and kind of saved them in that first innings. And yeah, so obviously it would be great to, and then we won't bring up 2019, but it would be great to get, obviously get that, um, get that victory at, at Lords and pretty special. So that's probably the first one. And then from there, um, won that test series. And then if we can um, then take that confidence and move on into the um, test championship and, and just give it our all and hopefully we can, come home a successful side. And that World Test Championship, no points for a draw or a shared trophy, I guess, if you if you draw the World Test Championship final. But knowing New Zealanders, I assume that you'll be going all out for a win. There's no no room for the draw in the planning room? Oh, mate, I think every game you play, you're looking to win. I think you're always wanting to... Um, <clears throat> that, that's the first port of call, isn't it? You, you want to see, right, how can you... Um, first of all take dominance of that team, whether you're batting a bowl in the, in the first innings and then um, trying to be able to create pressure for that whole time and, and then close the game out. Um, there's no better than that test test win. Uh, I don't think you're going too often looking for that draw first. It's always winning first. And then if you, you assess from there and, and, and you make plans as you go. 
And look, Matt, um, I mean, hopefully that's that's a, a Black Caps win for, for all of us here. Um, look, you've been so generous with your time, and I know you've got uh, another call after this, so we won't keep you too much longer, but we can't have you on here. I mean, we've mentioned the, the Cricket World Cups. Let's not talk about those finals. Uh, nobody wants to do that. But, but those two semis, I think those two semis uh, in 2015 and, and 19 that you were involved in both, I think they are right up there probably with my two favourite experiences as, as a cricket fan. I mean, how do they compare to you? I mean, how were the nerves at the end of those games? Were you next to bat in 2015? Yeah, 2015's a pretty special memory. Um, I remember it's probably the whole the journey of actually getting there, to be honest, though. Like you, you, you get to a position where you're like, oh, well, I'm actually on the, the putting my hand up to be in the squad and you miss out, so you've also got that disappointment. Mm. Um, but then by the time the, the tournament starts, it's actually quite cool to sit back as a fan. It was probably the first time in a while I'd actually sat there and watched the Black Caps as a fan and just loving the success they were having. Like, I mean, having a World Cup in New Zealand um, is different to anything I've ever experienced. Like, you guys know what it was like. Kind of, mm. Everyone was talking cricket, which is cool. Um, and cricket was actually the... Um, bringing everyone together, people were excited for New Zealand. The fact that we were doing well as well, we were kind of getting a real good following. And then to get into that World Cup semi-final um, was amazing. And I just got a phone call from um, here. So I was at my cousin's engagement party actually. Mm. Um, my phone was it was actually in speech, so it was vibrating. So I kept cancelling it, and then <laughs> saw Hess, and I was like, "Oh, should have better answer that." <laughs> so it was um, it was it was kind of like bittersweet because. Um, Melanie's a great mate and you, you felt my heart went out for him when I heard that he was injured um, and then at the same time it was kind of like well, well I've actually got to get up there and prepare um, probably my, the back of my mind I thought well I'm probably not going to play because I had all the guys that had been involved the whole time and yeah and then literally yeah, just got the arm around the shoulder said mate you're going to play a World Cup semi-final and it was kind of like just yeah that, those, um, that excitement um, probably really hit home with a lot of nerves as well um, I was lucky enough to go to that Australian game in Eden Park oh, yeah. where the, it was just absolutely mental. Like, and you kind of, so that kind of gave me a bit of an insight of like what the noise was going to be like. Because did you guys, were any of you guys here at the Eden Park game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Yeah. Like that, it was just like the, it was just raw, like the raw A. Like you could feel the ground bloody shaking. Eh? Yeah. That, remember, I'll never forget, it was probably that first over standing there because. Just everyone like and Tim running into bowl and you just just it was just unbelievable feeling. It felt like you couldn't even feel your feet touching the bloody ground. <laughs> and then once you kind of got into the game, it was great. Once as soon as you got the ball in your hand, then you're just kind of back to you know just work. Um, you know what you're doing. You feel comfortable in that environment and you just kind of do your job. And then yeah, obviously with Grant, the way it went, oh well, it was just getting so tense. I eh? <laughs> had the pads on, and I remember. Baz was real confident in the sheds and I was sitting there, I was like, man, you're confident? He's like, no, nah, mate, we've got this. Like, yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah, here we do, don't we? <laughs> the pads on. Easy, easy for someone to say <laughs> that they're, when they're already out. Oh, mate, yeah, sitting there, I was like, oh, wow. And then I just remember, yeah, everything just seemed to keep going our way. Like, in those key moments, eh, like, just the, the kind of hitting the gap and getting that four little we little wee mishaps from, from South Africa. And that was like, yeah, I, I, that was probably just pure elation um, because obviously I hadn't been involved first time we'd won a semi-final and made a final. It was just an incredible experience. We're going into 2019. We'd been there, we'd, we'd had that experience and it was actually probably a little bit more like that calm, calmness around, like we know what we need to do. We've been here. We know how to win World Cup games. And I think that was probably the difference, um, probably for myself personally. Bowling in the 2015 was like everything in the game, nothing to lose, let's go. 
um, where going into England was more like, right, we, we know what we want to do and we're good enough to be in this final. We're, let, let's get it done. So there's probably a bit more air of confidence and, and, and a bit more, um, yeah, so, but they were both uh, phenomenal games. Definitely probably hindsight will look back and they'll be two career highlights, I'm sure. Yeah, look, just just quickly on 2019, I mean, you, you nick row it off, you, you get KL Rahul in the next over, Jimmy takes that ripper at point. I, I think the, all of us in the, in the room were, were just jumping around in Raj's living room, hugging. You guys are doing that on the field, you're just fizzing. You mentioned it before that you sort of went out of yourself when you were like uh, in that moment when Tim was running into bowl in 2015. Like, does that happen? Do you kind of... When and like I mean, even thinking of um, we were at that World Cup semi final in, in twenty fifteen, and you know when you guys did the walk of the ground and things, are you guys being able to soak it up at that time, or does it come later? I mean, I kind of think in my head that you know sometimes you're just mowing the lawn or something, and you start thinking, yeah. oh yeah, that that was that was awesome, and just start grinning away. Yeah, great comparison. There's nothing like mowing the lawns, eh? <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I reckon. Um, that is a funny one, eh? Like, I think, like, looking at 2015, it was probably a combination of being quite young and not really experiencing a crowd like that at home. Um, and that was what really where you're like, this is this is different um, and this is awesome. But you, you quickly snap out of that and you actually just, you, you, you're into the game. Um, where 2019, like I mentioned before, was we'd been in so many big, um, big games before and in those precious situations. So there's probably... And you're also you're, you're along like four years on as well in your career, and, and you know yourself as a bowler and a player a little bit better too. So you probably um, you don't sit there and like you're always in those big times. You want to have a point where you go right, you do take this thing because this is really really cool. Mm. Um, but you switch back on and you, and you get back into your work because um, in, in those games you just never want to get too far ahead of yourself, and and you know you have to be so focused. And, and they go pretty quick those days. Eh? The games go quick when they're they like that. And I remember um, obviously the start we had against India, it was it was never a moment of like, well, we've got this because that's just got such a deep batting line. They still mm-hmm. had Hardik, they had Dhoni and the game's never over when he's still there. And mm-hmm. Jadeja, they just, they had so much power. Um, and it wasn't like we had a, a, a really high total for them to be chasing. So it, it was just actually everything just we were just like right foot on the throat don't give them an inch and just keep doing that because they were obviously going to try to take it as deep as they can to give themselves a chance where we were like right we're just going to create pressure throughout this whole middle period so they can't have a platform to launch and thankfully sat and I remember he bowled beautifully so tight and we kind of kept on taking wickets as we went um, and then obviously Donny and Jadeja got going, which was probably that point where it's like, right, this is it. This is the partnership we need. You always identify those moments as like, right, these are the key times. Eh? And, and, and once we broke that, obviously Guppy getting that run out, um, it was probably the time. I remember I, I went off, I was, I, I had um, <laughs> my calf, I was on, no, I think I've pulled my calf here. So I was off for that um, that last over. <laughs> I was sitting there, so I was sitting up top and I was like, come on. <laughs> Panicking go. again. So, Oh no, it was just unreal, mate. Just sitting up there watching it. We're like, oh, and that was just that elation because, especially when you, when I was sitting on the balcony with you, you just, you can just, you're soaking it all in. Eh? It was just, it was awesome, eh? Oh, look, I could talk about these games for for ages, but I know you've got to go. But so, yeah, really appreciate your time and, and all the best for the England tour and, and the World Test Championship final. Hopefully, uh, you know everything goes smoothly over there. 
off the field and, and you guys can come away from the trophy. But yeah, best of luck, eh? and thanks very much for coming on. No, I really appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me.